Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. and salutations, my fine metal friends. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. <laughs> and this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Oh, feels good to be back. Oh, man, I feel like my timing's completely off, but it's all good. We're back. Uh, what, what, what? 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 What do you... I'm just behind timing. with my scream. I'm yeah, I'm ahead with my as, oh, dude. All, as are we all. Hey, man. I, my timing's all off. It's okay. That's what happens when we take a little bit of time away from each other. Next thing you know, we just can't deal with this shit anymore. It's like can I, we get somebody to give us the money so we can do this daily, so that way we could get good. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it's gonna take? I don't know if that'll. <laughs> I think that's what it's gonna take. I don't know if that's <laughs> gonna do us any good or not, man. Hey, uh, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes and all that good stuff, man. Uh, iTunes, you can search it, find it, Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, your favorite uh, podcasting apps, wherever that would be. And, of course, every man- Monday at MetalSucks.net, you can find us. And also on the socials, I am on Twitter at BeardedApe. I am at GodlessSpeaks and GodlessSpeaks.com. So dig us up and uh, subscribe to us and tell your friends about it and all that good stuff. This week, we are going to be talking to some uh, badass metal dudes like uh, Speedstrid. He's back. He's back. He's one back more time. too. Well, We're uh, back. He's back. Everybody's back. Yeah, the first time we talked to him was on the seventy thousand tons of metal. So uh, this will be a revisiting of that. And yeah, I don't know. It was right before I left on vacation, so I'm like, oh, a little drained, if you will. Well, Soilwork uh, are one of those bands that I think are just like uh, they could be one of those bands that just is headlining the big festival. They're headlining mayhem. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not there yet, but they could be. And if people were willing to listen to new stuff, then I think they would love them. And if you see them live, you are freaking blown away. They're great live. And that's the thing is that, but they've been around so long now at this point that people should be familiar with them and know what they sound like. And and granted, the new new record does have some differences from the older stuff, but but really. It's still essentially soil work. Like every time you, when you hear it, you know exactly who the fuck that band is because it's that's what they're supposed to sound like. It's amazing, man. They are some good stuff. So we'll hear a new song from them. We'll also hear a new song that you picked out from Iniona. Uh, I as love well. this album. I love this song. You're forcing yeah. this one on me, but I had to. I have to say, all right, you might be you might be somewhat all right on this one. <laughs> well, speaking of bands that. that like you know are the future. I mean that that's I love that. You know, it's, it's so rare when you come across something from a band that you weren't familiar with before, and you go freaking great. And that just hit me right out of the gate. I was so excited. And if you want to learn how to record music, make sure you check out our friends at uh, Creative Live. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, and mastering taught by artists like uh, Between the Bear to Me or Converge and Periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more. Maybe watch some free previews and get yourself in the mix as far as uh, trying to learn how to record your stuff. And if nothing else give you the, the the tips the pointers the things that you need going into the studio that you can make your recordings better as a band or even as a producer an engineer or whatever can i say something real quick no. about that 
Oh, come on. Just one thing. Like, like, like the person who is listening, you, right? You who are listening, you are one of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yes, that is true. But you have a responsibility to support the things that you dig. And you know what? If you dig what we're doing here at the Metal Sucks Podcast, we don't ask you to send us money. We don't ask you to do Yet. anything. But one thing oh. <laughs> we would like you to do is to support our sponsors and let them know that you came from us, you know? Send more and money. That, yeah, that oh, will, that'll, well, that will do, a, that'll go a long way towards not only them comp- continuing to support the Metal Sucks Podcast and continue to make the Metal Sucks Podcast happen, but to get other companies who currently have their heads so far up their asses that they're still spending money at stupid radio that nobody listens to, and they could finally give their money to us. Might and that would be us, a good thing. It might even make us rich. Okay, yeah, probably I mean, won't make I don't us know. rich, but still. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a modest guy. I, I don't need much. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, if we've listened to the podcast, we know Godless is the modest one. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's exactly what we know. Well, uh, we modest means. How about that? But, <laughs> but regardless of all that, the cool thing is, is that when Creative Live said they're, they're going to do this uh, with us, I mean, for, for me, it felt like a partnership because I was already a fan right. of what they were doing. I already watched their videos. I already love the way that they're teaching the world stuff that they need that the world needs to know. And that's fantastic. Indeed, I agree. Uh, let's see, what else are we going to talk about later in this podcast? We're going to talk about the uh, top 25 metal genres on Spotify. That's an interesting yeah. topic you sent to me. I've been I've been gone in Disney World land for the past week, so I have no idea what the hell is going on right now in the world. <laughs> is there anything going on going on right now in metal? I mean, on a, I'm, I got back and I got like some new singles from a couple of bands and uh, some other stuff here and there, but I, I, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I tried to stay out of your way, man. I, I didn't send you nothing. No, no, nothing I know. Important. I know. That's the thing is like, I feel like I'm completely lost and it's weird yeah. how, how fast everything moves. I'm like, okay, so this band, so, so-and-so broke up. There's child porn. There's um, <laughs> another band who, uh, what the, I can't, I can't, I'm, I feel like I'm lost. I really do like trying to get back into the, the mix of what the hell's going on. And I, I just don't know what the hell's going on. The Did last thing see, I like, think I saw was like the Peter Dolvling thing was uh, the right. that that, like, that thing was the last thing I read. So Peter Dol- Dolvling, the the ex singer of the Haunted, yeah, Haunted are awesome, right? With yeah. or without Peter Dolvling, yeah. they're awesome. And and he basically, uh, yeah, he was like, labels don't know how to do marketing, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, really. And, and you know, screw the Haunted, screw everybody else that I've ever <laughs> dealt with. <laughs> Yeah, that was like I, I think that was the last thing that I read before I before I just like sealed it up and threw it away until I got back uh, this week and I was like okay, trying to catch up and I don't know they didn't see it. I'm scared I'm just leaving this week out of it because that was an interesting story with him, uh, his long diatribe about the about the industry and where he was and it just felt like the dude was taking a torch to the bridge as he was walking across and just said fuck it i'm done i'm walking out and burning the son of a bitch to the ground god damn it and i, I really i love of, that description i love it i think and i think that's exactly how what he was doing you know but because i love him as a singer like i really he was one of my favorite things about the haunted even though i, lo- I love where they went obviously but but he he was one of those dudes that I really admired as far as what he did and how he did it. And I got to say, good, good, good for him. Maybe. I don't know. I, I guess he's <laughs> he's really comfortable with the place that he's in and he's like willing to just say, fuck it. Right. Well, it's interesting. You, you know, when somebody does something like that, 
reaction is that one of two things are happening. Either he's so bitter and angry that you're just he's just unleashing every negative thought that he's got, yeah. or you can take it like the dude ha- owes nobody no favors and owes and is trying to score none either, and he's going to tell it like it is, you know. And I don't know. I think there's a little of both that's going on there. But man, how refreshing is it to hear somebody say what they believe, and you can tell, you can tell that wrong, right, etc. It was from the hip from an intelligent person. Yeah, and well, and that's this it. isn't. This isn't mushroom head <laughs> trying to figure oh, a way to rationalize their racism. This is, you know, somebody who actually can think their way through an argument and do it pretty, pretty lucidly. That's so, awesome. So tell me that story a little bit with the mushroom head thing, because I saw the headlines on that, but I didn't actually. Uh, I, it looked like it was something that I just wanted. To, I was going to want to claw my face off if I if, I, just, if I read that shit. They, they posted a new shirt or they, they had a shirt. They had a shirt with a Confederate flag on it. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, and they put it at the, and they put that at the front of their merch uh, oh, yeah. mer- online merch store <sighs> and then basically when people were like hey come on they doubled down on it basically saying that uh it's it, they're rebels and use of that flag is a rebellious thing to do and nobody else can tell us that we're wrong because being wrong is part of what being a rebel is all about or i guess i don't know and it's like no being a rebel is about being right in the face of wrong that's what being a rebel is about mm-hmm. i don't know it's just a it's <laughs> stupidity you know it's like why, why can't they hire peter dolvin to sing for them they got money <laughs> oh man or do they I mean, come on, you know, I don't know that 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 just seemed like I didn't even want to get into that story because I was like, this is dumb. They're making more money than a lot of bands. It's like, you know, it's like when they made Jaws, that is Slipknot is Jaws, you know, is to Jaws as Mushroom Head is to Piranha and Piranha 2. And, you know, there are people, who, you know, still. I wouldn't the give them credit. I wouldn't give them credit of Piranha and Piranha 2. I would say at least Sharknado and Sharknado 4, maybe. Maybe like in that, <laughs> in that element. Are there four of those now? I think there's like four now. I really do. That's how that's how bad that's gotten. I just I mean, for for a a band who plays the same style of music as another band who wears masks and does uh, the same sort of thing as another band that does that exact same thing. How much of a rebel can you actually be? So great point. It just seems like, wait a minute, you're doing you're sort of aping somebody else already. So what what the fuck? And then your shirts now look like Pantera shirts uh, from from (laughs) 1993, which is just like, what the fuck, man? I don't even get it. And at least Pantera has the excuse of being from the fucking south. And these guys are from Ohio. I, I just don't even understand it. I don't. I just, but hell, I, I even Phil Anselmo, yeah, even Anselmo's like, no, yeah, we grew up, you know, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You did. They you didn't double down on it, right? And it, yeah. I, and I think what's interesting about like the Dolving thing, the mushroom head thing, and all that is is kind of the re- same reason why all, all these people are enamored with uh, Donald Trump and shit like that, right? It's just some people that are willing to go off script and say some shit that you didn't ever expect and are willing to just own it, right? And just say whatever is on their mind and not try to be politically correct, not try to be uh not not try to be gentle about it or worried about people's feelings and so many people I think are are just ha- refreshed by hearing that, which at the same time though, I just don't I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because if it's a, d- a dumb perspective to start from, then you just wind up <laughs> sounding even stupider than you did before. <laughs> 
but they might be stupid all the way to the bank because who knows how those shirts are selling you True. know the way that that trump's popularity is I know. skyrocketed I know. why why not you know i know, I know. and that, it's, a, it's a good point i mean because they're if you can cash in on it while you can you know, i guess cash in on it while you hell, can. I got a hell of a bunch of people in my family I don't communicate with who probably own mushroom head shirts with Confederate flags on it. And they bought them last week. And you got a Donald you Trump uh, flag flying in the front yard and everything too. Oh, hell totally! Yeah, I'll, 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 I can totally guarantee it. And you know, they, <laughs> they, they, but you know, even better, it's not on the front of the car. It's on the front of their bike because they had so many DUIs <laughs> that they got to ride your bike to and from Walmart where they work. You know, I mean, come on, everybody's got that in their family. You know, oh, yeah, and then the, my favorite part is they get on Facebook and tell me how the world works. You know, <laughs> hey son, oh, you know what? That's not on. how this is right now. <laughs> You're not even in America anymore, okay? So whatever. You know? Exactly. There's a pretty good reason for that. <laughs> oh man, oh, terrible. I heard enough people go. You don't like it. You should leave. Where I just said, okay, I'm okay. Later. <laughs> I'm uh, out of here. I'm done with this, man. Oh, terrible, terrible. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, let's get into this interview with uh, Speed, man, because, uh, you know, Soil Work, the new ra- new album is called The Ride Majestic, and it's so good. It is so good. It's got some it's got some cool kind of bluesy things that are going on in it, but it sounds like essential soil work, and it's amazing. But what I realized in this interview, because we got a little jammed up as far as the times are concerned, is that I need my bad cop. I had I did <laughs> I did this interview on my own, and um, I, I need you, Godless. I do. I feel like I've spent the last it's a good thing we had last week off because I feel like I've spent the last two weeks trying to re- repair our relationship with Dino Cazar as a fear factor <laughs> even when I tried to be good cop I still gotta like try to repair shit oh dude whatever you do um, uh, check our Twitters uh, at Bearded AP but did you see that did you see that video that he sent us oh I only once oh only my god once, and oh, I'll never what the, I, I was sitting in the middle of the Magic Kingdom <laughs> watching that fucking video going what the hell is this oh my god uh, yeah everybody's got to go to Chuck's twitter and look at that <laughs> oh man i could not believe that i was like what in the world and i thought it was like i thought it was something on us and i was like i, I don't know I, I have no idea how we got looped in that. anyway uh, insane man but does uh, speed strid on the metal sucks podcast How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on, Speed? Uh, not much. Just uh, detoxing and, and talking about death all day long. <laughs> Wait, detoxing? Detoxing from what? No, I'm doing this nine-day detox thing. Oh, God. Have you ever done those before? No, and this is the second day, and I feel like I have a fever, like really bad. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've attempted one, but I've never made it through the cleanse. Like, I never was able to get through it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really rough. I mean, this is the second day, and and tomorrow, I'm allowed to introduce uh, like a, a dinner, uh, up to like 500 calories, and and the rest is just the same. Oh, so you get to eat a little bit, but well, so why are you doing it? Do you just feel like you gotta you're trying to detox, or you're trying to lose some weight, or what? What? Why? Um, it's been a pretty crazy year. We've been in the studio for for a, for a pretty long time, and there's been so much drinking every day, <laughs> and eating crap. And uh, 
Yeah, I just thought it might be a good idea. It's kind of a weird uh, time to pick, too, because it's in the middle of the summer and people are on vacation and they want to barbecue, so they pull left and right, you know, but uh, I don't know. I just needed it. You know, I, I, I need to lose some weight, too, I think. It's a lot to carry. Uh, I think I carry it pretty well, but um, I could use some, some uh, uh, you know, weight loss. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's hard to resist, though, like especially like you said, this time of year, man, everybody's like it's junk food time, vacation time, all that stuff. And you're I know. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I, I haven't been drinking for uh, for a month either. So that's that's uh, probably the first time in about I don't even want to. Think about <laughs> How's that feel, though? It feels really good. Um, you know, I, I was I was kind of worried that, you know, what if I what if I get like, uh, you know, what do you say? Like cravings or whatever? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Like abstinence or, or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't feel any, anything like any of that. It, it's more like, Oh, a beer right now would be nice. That, that kind of feeling. But, um, so at least I don't, I don't feel that, you know, I don't, I get, I don't get the shakes or whatever. <laughs> right. No, no detox from it or anything like that. No, no, no. So I, I feel pretty good. You know, I, I, I definitely do. Um, I don't know if I could live completely without alcohol for the rest of my life. Probably not. It would be kind of boring. Um, but I mean, I, I do feel better mentally. Uh, so it, I guess this will make me have a better relation with alcohol, I think. Well, and that's one of the things that a lot of people talk about when they when they stop drinking is that you don't realize what your relationship with alcohol really is and that you have one until you stop and go, wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and, and and it's 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 really interesting because like sometimes you uh, sometimes you drink because it's just you know it's social drinking, it's fun, and and you really feel like having you know a cold one, and and then sometimes you know you find yourself like wow, I'm really bored and I can't really deal with this day, and then you start you know doing a little bit of self medicating, I guess. Yeah, but you never had like a pro anything any problems with the uh, with no. drugs no. or alcohol, have you? I guess that's what they all say, but no, no, I, I know <laughs> it's not a problem. Yeah, no, I have that kind of insight that I would know. And I mean, this month was also a, a test, you know, and, and I wanted to find out and I don't feel any like abstinence or whatever. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's just it's, you know, it's just a matter of of, uh, of, of drinking with moderation. You know, that, yeah. that's what it is. So, like, you feel like this is kind of tour prep, getting ready for the Soulfly thing, or is it? Is it? Uh, I mean, are, are you going to try to extend this for a longer period of time? Um, I don't know. I, I feel it's more like now is the time to do it, and, yeah. and then once the album is out, and we're going to do like so much touring, and then it's. I mean, I'm not saying impossible because there's a lot of people doing it, and I, I, I really respect them. I know that Alexi is, is doing, you know, is, is absolutely clean. He's not drinking whatsoever in touring, and I, I think I'm really impressed by that, you know. Um, so um, it, it, it's inspiring, but at the same time, I want it to be a part of it, you know, and it doesn't need to, to go that far. You know, you can have a couple of drinks before the show, like I usually do, and then after the show, I drink water. That's yeah. actually a pretty good recipe right there, instead of just... Okay, show's over, time for shots, let's party with the fans until 3 in the morning. I can't really do that anymore. It's impossible. I just can't stand the hangover, you know? Yo, oh, yeah. But why? I mean, you know, we're not getting older or anything. No, no, exactly. Not at all. Because <laughs> uh, you're, what, you're what, mid-30s now? I'm uh, going 
37 in September. Yeah, see, you still got plenty. But actually, it's right about that 31, 32 time where the hangover starts to get really bad on you. And then. Yeah, and I think it's it's more like, like mental uh, hangovers rather than, you know, headaches and, and you, you know, you need to puke or whatever. It's it's totally different, you know. That's that's luxury. If it's just a matter of puking and have a little bit of headache, that you know you can fix that. But when it's like mental headache, you know, with anxiety and stuff like that, mm. uh, no. Yeah, you can't get your brain back into the game, and then you start to. Yeah, I, I understand. I know exactly what yeah. you're saying. And it's like that for a couple of days afterwards too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh god, and I couldn't imagine what it'd be like on tour trying to do that partying every night or every other night or whatever and you know trying to keep that up at the same time that'd be that'd be rough oh yeah for sure i mean it's uh it's gonna take its toll you know sooner or later so um i found out that the the hard way i went to phoenix and got um crystal meth planted in my drink oh no uh, after that i I was being a lot more you know careful and and i don't know it kind of hit a wall there and i was doing a lot of partying at that time no like drugs or anything like that just straight up like alcohol which is bad enough you know but um yeah i just felt that i kind of hit hit a wall and then i started to respect alcohol a lot more after that so so what happened with that was that like a fan slipped you a mickey or something or i mean what uh just screwed up the drink or i mean what happened there Oh, well, basically, I was visiting a couple of friends in Phoenix, and I, I was I was there for half a year. So I was kind of, you know, living there, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And uh, I guess it was my birthday party, and some uninvited guests came over, and you know, I was really tired because I've been partying all day, and they tried to like, you know, to kind of get me to come with them to like a strip club or whatever. And it's like, come on, you know, come on, Bjorn, need to go. Come on, come on. And some, I don't know, somebody saw. Somebody's slipping something into in, into like this this shot whatever, uh, but we can't know for sure. But that's probably what 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 happened because that's you know um, uh, that's what they you know thought like when they saw my reaction and 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 it, it was really really scary. Did you go dark or did what what happened? Was it like a complete physical freakout or I mean, did- well, I pretty much went into like a psychosis. Yeah, where I thought I was dead. Ugh. That's a uh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't get much scarier than that. So yeah, that'll start to change the way you think about things a little bit, won't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, and it's it's messed up that you even have to think about that kind of thing now. It's like, come on, really? Did you really? Sp- can, the, why, why would somebody do that to you? I know. I don't. I don't get it. It's um, yeah. I, w- I was angry for a very long time, and I still am. You know, but it, then again, it's like it's you just need to let it go. Well, and good takeaways, too. I mean, you learn something from that, right? I mean, whatever doesn't kill you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I really found out the hard way. So Ugh, That's no good, man. Yeah. That's no good. Yeah. So I've been jamming a new record, man, and it is, uh, it's badass, man. Rhyme Majestic is wicked good. Really cool. I know you guys have a new bass player, so Marcus is brand new. Is he on this record? Uh, no, he's not. He actually came uh, into the band uh, like during the recording uh, because basically... Flink was sort of like he disappeared for about three months. And, and when we had half a month left before, you know, entering the studio, I was like, where is Flink? Nobody can reach him. And then suddenly he showed up and we had a Skype meeting and he, he told us that he didn't feel motivated anymore. And he kind of hit a wall with touring and he needed to have some routine in his life and, and, and have a, like a normal day job. Um, so that's really when it happened. And then it was kind of too late to, to bring 
anybody in, you know? So, um, I don't know. It felt kind of hopeless at the time. And, 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 and I felt frustrated because obviously, you know, Flink shoes, you know, they're, 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 yeah, that's, it it was hard to, to fill his, his, his shoes. You know, it's, uh, it's quite a character, very unique character and, 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 you know, both performance wise and, and, you know, he's, he's a good bass player and, and, and a great person, you know? So it was, it was rough. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, how are we going to be able to, to replace Flink? You know, what do we do? And, uh, I came to think about Marcus and I knew he played bass. I knew he played guitar and I knew he played keyboard. Uh, but I didn't have any clue how good he was on bass. We knew that he was, would have been perfect for the band because everybody knows Marcus. He's been touring with us in the past as a guitar tech. And we just, you know, he's also a very unique character and uh, just just a great person overall, funny uh, stand-up guy. And uh, so basically I just, you know, I called him up and it's like, well, I know you play bass, but how good? So like, well, let I don't know, let's find out. <laughs> so, so we gave him like two months to, to rehearse and then we ended up doing... Uh, three shows in Scandinavia this spring, and he he nailed it. He did really really good, and um, so you know we don't really have the patience to try out like new people and and you know do auditions and go on tour and see what they're like on tour. It's just you know uh, we're at that point you now where it needs to be somebody that we we know all of us you know. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because you gotta because you pretty much you, you can't stop. I mean you gotta keep going the way the cycle is nowadays, whether it's a record or touring or whatever. You're always moving forward, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean for sure, but at the same time, when Flink jumped off because he's been such a big part of the band and he's been there since the very beginning, right? And and at at first, I just felt like, well, is 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 it just is it really worth you know continuing this? You know, Flink. Um, you know, as much as I understood his choice of stepping down and I could see it coming, it didn't come as a, as a total surprise. Mm. So I knew that day would, would arrive sooner or later. It, w- it was still rough, you know, but it, like I said, it needs to be somebody very special to be able to, to fill his shoes. And I think Marcus is that person, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy. You know, he's, he's, he's the perfect guy and, uh, I would call him one of my best friends as well. So it feels great now. That's awesome. How does that make you feel when, when somebody who's been so close and with you like that to the band for so long, I mean, did he, did it feel like Flint just sort of gave up? I mean, or was it more of a, just tired and and ready to stop? Well, what I think it is, um, I think Flink has never had any, like rock star dreams or professional musician dreams uh like the rest of us i think he randomly became a bass player overnight we didn't even know flink when we me and peter went to this festival in 97 i think and uh, we were looking for a bass player um because that's right when we started the band um and some we, we asked around and somebody said oh that guy over there he's a bass player ask him you know and we just went up to him it's like hey do you play bass it's like no i play guitar <laughs> right <laughs> could you see yourself playing like playing bass we're, we're you know we're just about to start this death metal band or whatever it's like all right sure you know 
And, you know, 20 years later, almost, um, um, you know, he, he decides to, to, to quit. And it, it is understandable. It might look like a circus, circus from outside, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's Bjorn, you know, like hiring people again, you know, it's like people just keep on quitting that band. But it happens in almost every band out there. And it's, it, I, to me, like when you're in the band, it doesn't seem that weird you know because you're you, you know the people and you can see the process and you see how people change and 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 when you grow up with a band you started when you're like 18 years old things are going to happen along the way yeah. you know it's, it's only natural so i could i could see it coming and i think he's he's way better off than having a day job he's the kind of like classic like working man likes to get up in the morning and do nine to five have routines and work out and eat right and yeah, and now he's a jail guard as well. Well, he he's been a jail guard for quite some time now, and then doing the band at the same time. So you don't get discouraged, do you? I mean, because I mean, you've been at this for uh, at least soil work anyway for about twenty years now. So I mean, whether it's seeing Peter go or Flink go or like the guys that have been there for you with you for so long, you never go through bouts of that, do you? No, I mean, I mean, of course, there's been times, you know, when 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 you feel everything feels just um, you know hopeless and and. Uh, and it is it is getting harder um, having this as a lifestyle. The older you get, and I'm I'm you know as far as routines like we were talking about before, mm-hmm. you know uh, there's there's really none of that you know, and there's all the traveling that you're so sick of. Like ev- everybody who has, who has like a nine to five job at home, like you know they want to escape and, and and go to their own island and you know and and they just want to travel, and I just want to you know. Uh, I just want to, you know, be home. Like when I'm off tour, I just want to be home, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people can relate. Um, so it, it, it is harder, but at the same time, you know, it's it's still fun. And, and I love writing music. I, I love performing it. And, um, yeah, it, it's just still the greatest kick in the world, you know? Well, and you, I mean, because you're always not just soil work. You get so many other irons in the fire too. I mean, whether it's a because Disharmony Dis- Mundi just put out a just put out a record this year too. So, yeah. I mean, music is a is your life, is it not? Yeah, it is. It's been my life for yeah. Uh, what is it? Almost Two decades. 50. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I know. So it's really hard to relate to. I mean, I did have a a job like in the beginning of of, of you know when when we started soil work i was i was working at a school as as a teacher's assistant taking care of socially troubled kids uh and that was really re- rewarding as well but um obviously i was really glad the day i could just you know head over to the, the principal's office and say like okay I, ca- I can't really combine the band anymore and i i need to focus on that and to be able to do that was obviously a dream coming uh coming true now you wouldn't want to go back to doing that would you not right now maybe in the future <laughs> right. who knows i don't know it, it's really hard to say i mean i want to keep going as long as i can as long as i feel that it, this is this this is still you know uh fun you know and it is and i think we still we're not stuck with the band i think we keep on developing and i think we we're still making sense uh we're an interesting band and i think we we really you know rediscovered ourselves uh as songwriters you know you know, especially with Living Infinite, I think we found something new with that album, and and then we developed it even more with the Ride Majestic. So as long as I feel that, 
that I feel challenged as a musician in my own band, you know, musically, I, I you know, I, I want to continue. Now, how do you try to keep that core soil work sound when you have members who are coming and going like that? I mean, is it is that is that you directing that? Is that you kind of going, wait, this is how we go, or is it input from everybody? Or because uh, it's you want to you don't want to be a, like take a complete left turn on a new record or something like that. Because Living Infinite was different, but it wasn't like night and day compared to Panic or any of the other ones. I mean, I, I've always been really open. I think it's it, it's open to new ideas, and I've never been the leader type in this band or any kind of dictator. And I think it's really important when you bring somebody new in, uh, it needs to be the right person. They, they need to have like an understanding of what we're doing. But at the same time, I've never ever asked anybody. It's like, okay, that's great, but you need to make it sound more soil work. Nothing like that, you know. And I think we found the right people in, in Sylvan and David, for example, when they came into the band, they, they really brought something really interesting to the table. And, uh, I don't, I don't think they had to like adjust or adapt in any way. It was more, they had their background and, and together they created something really unique. And I mean, at the time I really started writing songs on the guitar as well. And I, I, I contributed with, I don't know, eight songs on living infinite. And on this new one, uh, I think there's three or four, so, um, and I think Sylvan and David really, you know, challenged me as a singer as well and made me step outside my, my comfort zone uh, and, and threw me some, some stuff that I was, wasn't really used to because I was so used to, like, you know, writing songs with Peter. Mm-hmm. And when they came into the band, they threw me something like, oh, wow, what is this, you know? And it made me develop as a singer, you know, step outside of the box a little bit. The the Ride Majestic, I mean, just listening to the guitar parts, it's like, holy crap, this is, there is definitely some differences. It feels like um, direct output from Living Infinite, but it's it, it feels like a little bit different direction for you guys. Yeah, I feel, I feel it's, it's it sounds darker, you know, I think uh, more melancholic, if you will, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I feel that the extreme parts are more extreme and uh, the softer parts are possibly a little bit softer that, you know, compared to uh, living infinite. I, I think it makes up for a really good dynamic and, 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 and a nice contrast. Yeah. I noticed a lot of a uh, lot of nice bendy sort of bluesy, a little bit, a little bit of that added into more than I think I've heard on uh, previous records. Yeah. There's a little bit of slide on there. And yeah. Then Dave- fantastic slide player so why not <laughs> <laughs> so i was like that's not steel it's going country damn it no it's yeah. just- <laughs> exactly can't have too much slide on there you guys got you guys got a big tour coming up with Soulfly. Uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, that you guys uh, jumped on with Chuck Billy's management company is that uh, how did that come about? Well, I've known Chuck Billy for quite some time, um, and uh, I think I met with him in Toronto a couple of years back, maybe two, three years ago, mm-hmm. um, when they played there with uh, I can't remember who, but anyways. Uh, we're sitting on the bus, the bus talking and, and uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, managements and, and stuff like that. And he mentioned that he was about to, to start a management with Johnny Sazula. I was like, wow, that's that's really cool, you know. And um, and we kept in touch as usual and, and uh, trying to remember if it was like one and a half year ago they approached us and, and asked us if, if we, uh, you know, um, 
wanted to to have them as as, as a management, you know, and uh, because they love the band, and I know that Chuck has been a fan for for a long time, and they also uh, told us that they had uh, Maria Ferrero uh, as a publicist. Uh, she was always she she was also with Megaforce Records back in the day, so yeah. she's she has loads of experience, and we we thought that this this sounds perfect, and. Uh, I think it, it's really the right management for us, and and uh, you know it's obviously huge, you know, having both Chuck Billy and then Johnny Zazula, you know, um, who pretty much discovered Metallica. I was going to say, um, it's it's huge for us, and um, so far it's working out really, really good. I, I speak to to uh, Johnny Zazula almost every day on Skype. He's always checking in, you know doing Skype on cameras like, Hey, how are you doing? And I really appreciate that. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's great. And that's, it's gotta be different being managed by people that are not, not just industry veterans, but also like musicians, people that have been, especially somebody like Chuck Billy, who's a, who's a road warrior. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's also something that stands out and why we really like the idea because Chuck knows exactly what it's like to be on tour and being the artist, you know, and then we have Johnny Zazula, who has loads of experience in, in the business. And he's also a, a fan, you know, which also matters. I always think that the manager really needs to be a fan of the music and not just see the business side. I think that's really important uh, for us, too. Yeah, it does help if they like you. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that. So, uh, like, off time, man, what do, what do you what's going on with you right now? Like, uh, you building up to a tour, you doing the cleanse, doing all that stuff. Sounds like you're trying to get your personal life straight. Is everything going well with you and your personal life these days? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, well, I have a, a girlfriend in, in, uh, in Toronto, and we're still trying to make up our minds where we're going to live. If it's going to be Toronto or in Sweden, it, it, it's hard. It's also one of those things that gets harder, you know, with, with age. Uh, if I was 25, it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm moving to Toronto and that's it, you know. Uh, but now it's like you sort of feel like you want to be close to family and, and, and you know, it's it, it's hard to make that final step. But I've, I've been spending so much time in Toronto the latest four years and I, I absolutely love the city. It's it's really great city and uh, I like it there. And, uh, yeah, it's just really hard. How did you meet somebody from Toronto? Was it just a fluke? Were you going through there, touring through there, or was it just? Yeah, we were touring through there, and I got introduced, uh, from, you know, from a mutual friend, uh, John Howard of Threat Signal. Um, so that's how we met in the first place. And I don't know, we stayed in touch. And then when I was in Phoenix, actually, she came to visit, and uh, yeah, Ugh, long distance relationships. <laughs> i know that's rough man i know it's only it's got to be a little easier now with skype and everything else and being able to kind of communicate a little bit better but still that's gotta be rough yeah it is rough so you're getting ready to move to canada soon <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see is most of your family in sweden still yeah they're all in sweden yeah so yeah, yeah. that's that's got to be a big factor in it I know it's like your parents getting older and you kind of want to be close to them in, in a way, you know, it's, it's all of those things. It's a lot of existential thinking, you know, in general. Yeah. And then to just that familiarity of being at home and everything else too. And, and it's, it's, and it's gotta be, so it's gotta be something key to, as far as musically, you know, what, you know, what you write, what you're, where you've done it before, you know, that's gotta have something to do with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have an apartment in in Sweden right now as well, and it's it's uh, in my uh, how can I say the town the, the town that I grew up in. Um, I, well, basically, I was I was 
born and raised in, in a village outside the city. And I, I played hockey here. I played soccer here. I went to school here. All these things, right? And But I never, like, I've, I've never been living here in the actual city. And uh, instead, I moved to Helsingborg, which is a little bit north. And that's where we started soil work. And I lived there, uh, like, pr- probably had, like, around five, six apartments, different places there. But um, I just felt like reconnecting with, with the city where I actually kind of spent most of my youth in, you know, when, you know, playing hockey. And, 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 and also, this is where I started my first bands, you know. And I was playing crust punk and, and reggae and ska and, and black metal. I had so many different bands doing <laughs> such different things, right? But... Um, I, I just felt that, that I needed to kind of reconnect with the city and uh, I'm really liking it. I'm, I'm finding out a lot about m- myself because it's been it's been 20 years and I've been doing so much traveling and playing and, and, and it's really easy to lose yourself along that journey. And I think this is one of one way of, of kind of finding out where you're at, you know, reconnecting with your with your kind of the city where you, you've been most of your time, in the, you know, as, as a kid as, and as a teenager.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
That's brand new music right there. Iniona is the uh, name of the band. Sun Moon is the song right there. Uh, tip from Godless on that one. Uh, you can uh, complain to him if you think it sucks. Uh, <laughs> no, nobody's thinking it sucks. You're doing the same thing you did, what was it, the last episode where we played, uh, oh, what was it, that track? It was one of those. It's like, the Miss May I one. Yeah, the Miss May I, which was a great tune. And I tried to like, disparage any of your choices, man, because <laughs> you uh, always do. <laughs> because you know you're not a radio guy. I under I know what the hits are, bro. Okay, maybe <laughs> oh, not. Right, I, I right really like like know. Miss May I is getting a hell of a lot more. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I dig that song. And what did I compare it to? Something actually really kick ass, like Carnival. Uh, and a little bit of Junius kind of mixed in there. I kind of yeah. dig it. The only thing that bugs me about that band, like overall, is the is I think they affect her voice a little bit too much. Like I think that there's a little bit too much uh, usage of that kind of echoey, you know, whatever they're adding to her voice. Because I like to hear voices a little bit, a little bit less wet, if you will. You know, because I think that was the problem, like with uh, in this moment's latest record, where they are like, "Oh, it's a chick's voice. Let's see if we can." And they dress it up with all this stuff, and it doesn't really need to be there. So she's got kind of a pretty voice. So I mean, it's like, why do you have to put all the layers and stuff and things? And I don't know. It's I think there could be a little less of that, and that'd be fine. And you can learn well, about doing we, that too. Yeah, exactly. That was the same segue. Huzzah. Uh, ahead of me. <laughs> uh, see that? Yeah, check out Creative Live, uh, and you can learn exactly what we're talking about when I talk about those sort of things. Wet, dry, those kinds of things. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by artists like Between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, and Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, head over to creativelive.com slash audio and learn more. Watch some free previews. Check out Creative Live. You're going to love it. You're going to find out some really kick-ass stuff and how you can record your own music or maybe some other people's music. And exactly what we're talking about, we're talking about this producing and engineering stuff. Hell yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so that's funny. <laughs> I love it. See, we, have, we haven't been apart that long. <laughs> it's the same exact damn segues. Uh, no, but I mean, I think that that's, those are, those are choices that you make when you make a record like that. And that, and that, that can be, it can work for you or work against you, you know, because also it's something that you have to reproduce live and that can be a rough thing could be but you know like the think about like soil work right mm -hmm. they've got like those crazy harmonies and all sort of thing that would be really hard to do live but they nail it they yeah. totally nail it it begs the question of how they actually accomplish that live whether it's you know speed layering that over and over and over again or right, if that's right you know that band actually doing those harmonies all i know is that they pull that shit off live and it sounds amazing so well, you know it goes back to the whole argument of like all right well if you're playing playing to a track you know and i'm like <laughs> i don't care it doesn't matter i really i really 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 don't care as long as it's loud and it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch i'm there you know you can milly vanilla me all you want <laughs> i don't care i mean i got a little when it gets a little bit too far i have a little bit of a problem with it i mean it starts to get it's when that when it's essential to what you're doing and it's like you're known for these four-part harmonies and all this stuff like it, that I want, I kind of want to be able to see that happen live because I think it can be done live. So if you can't, that's a that's why can't you? Yeah. I, well, I, see, like like last weekend, right? The family did a a buttonomathon where we watched all three Hobbit movies back to back to back. That's right? definitely a buttonomathon. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. But like, do I want to see 
smog <laughs> the way they had him? Or do I want them to do a close-up of a lizard and have somebody talking over it behind the camera? No, I want smog to be w- as fabulous as they can make smog. I don't care what the what goes behind making it that happen. I want fucking smog to be huge and vast and, and awesome. I, I could care less about this punk rock ethic. I just want it to be awesome I by wanna, any no, means no, no. necessary. See, I, and, and I disagree with that. I mean, I think in product wise, sure, if that's the end result. But if you're going to see smog in person i don't want it to be i don't want it to be fake is all you know what i mean i, I don't know you that's just, just kind of got apples back from disney world and you're telling me you don't want fake that shit's real dude whatever bro <laughs> you should just see it seriously you should see i got some pictures of a great heavy metal dragon looking thing that's fucking awesome it's, but it's, they, it's it's fake it's as fake as speed's background vocals <laughs> I don't think his I don't think his background <laughs> vocals are fake. I really don't. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's like I think they can do that shit live. But right. you know, but when I the only like the with Tesseract, I think was the one that that kind of got me where it was a lot of the layers of the vocals were were dubbed. And you know, but it worked and it sounded good. So I mean I guess I guess okay. Eh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, but top twenty five genres of metal on Spotify. You sent this link to me uh, while I was gone and uh and I, I perused it a little bit and then when I got back I took it a little a better examination of this and this is actually really kind of interesting. It's really interesting, and it's sort of like what we're just talking about with the idea of utilizing technology to get something awesome. You know, you can love, hate, Spotify, whatever, but just the idea that people are able to, they're, I should say, yeah. they're able to actually collect what it is that people are actually listening to and keep track of it is awesome information i mean i'm not nate silver and i'm not a major data nerd but i'd love to see the raw numbers that go that went behind all this but you, you know? gotta it's, think it's about really it cool you know when we heard that spotify one of the biggest things that people the the what was the was the headline there for a while that spotify metal is the biggest thing on spotify as far as people when they go back to spotify over and over again metal genre or the metal genre is the most or uh, what does it have the most dedicated listeners because right. they don't listen well, to anything else. Yeah. It's like right. they, that's what they go back to over and over and over again. They're not going to listen to pop music and then coming back to metal. They're listening to metal. And that's what they're listening to. Yeah. I find some of that is because there's so much good stuff. I don't have time to listen to the other stuff I wouldn't mind listening well, to. Well, then there's also 91 metal genres. Holy <laughs> fuck. Did you realize that there are 91? Like, I, Wow. Well, wow. then I looked at it and I was like, well, they consider hard rock within the heavy yeah, metal yeah, yeah. subgenre. I, I'm like, you can toss that out. That goes to uh, rock and roll. And, yeah. and and frankly, anything that Ted Nugent is associated with, you can toss out <laughs> and, and just keep on tossing. But and, and then like they call it glam metal. There's no such thing as glam metal. There's glam rock. There is not glam metal. That doesn't mm, exist. Well, it did, I don't know. I mean that's one of those things that it depends on your definition of how or how you define metal, right? I mean, if you're looking at it all the way back to the '80s and 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 the progression, because we'd have to remove bands like Black Sabbath from this because that's sort of the glam metal is metal in its own particular way. Shape, Who is or form. an example of glam metal? Poison, baby. The poison is Molly Crew, baby. Motley Crue is rock. That is that is rock now. It was it rock was, then. I argued still, the same point to those guys, uh, those 
pussies wearing the warrant t-shirts back in 1991 it was called get heavy the metal fuck out of my genre get the hell out of here <laughs> guns and roses posers get the hell out of here anyway the top 25 are out of the 91 that are on the top maybe including a couple of those that are that are in there like the um uh like you were saying the glam metal the hard rock and those because uh you could also call power metal for that metal matter just rock and roll as well no uh, you or, can't call iron maiden anything but metal actually iron what maiden falls into blasphemy into, no, 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 no 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 iron maiden actually falls into a different genre altogether oh yeah yeah they're, under they're just metal, metal. Yeah. so that's that's a whole different thing so that's i don't know this is an interesting way to, to divide things up and what was the most interesting to me was was that we've all been talking about how new metal has been dead for 15 years now (laughs) and it's still the number two genre of metal on spotify so how is that possible yeah and rap metal how the hell nobody's listening oh yeah they're number five somebody's listening to rap metal. i know and hey i just picture some you know pimply faced 40 year old sitting in his mom's basement just spinning rap metal constantly and somehow he's buffered it all the way up to number five i don't Mm. think that that's true i think there's too many spins here uh you know you you, i don't how how's that happen yeah or even are they accidentally putting slipknot in as rap metal just because of the turntables back on iowa i I don't know i don't know i think that's puts them into the new metal category i've always uh, made that argument but they're actually actually i think if you're going to put slipknot in any it's probably the number one which is alternative metal uh and i would think so i mean if you if their their example on spotify was disturbed right and that's an example of alternative metal i think that slipknot is sort of right in that same grain uh as far as what we're talking about genre tizing that whether or not Disturbed is the bottom or the top or Slipknot is the bottom or the top or whatever, but I think it fit, it would fit into that alternative metal style. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this sort of brings up the thing I was thinking about is how, like, you know, all right, is Metallica in the thrash category or are they in a different hard rock category? Because it depends on the album. You know, the Black right. Album is not a thrash metal album and and, and shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be listened to, let alone the most purchased album in the history of the world. But there it is you know but yeah. is that keeping you know is that what's you know are exodus and testament not getting any spins <laughs> but <laughs> metallica are getting a boatload and therefore they've buttressed uh thrash metal to what is it like number seven or number eight or something on the list i don't know uh, possibly i mean because if you include thrash metal you got bands like slayer in there uh, uh yeah i guess that would make a difference you know it's it's going to make a difference where it lands and also and also too are you listening to it you go back and you listen to Metallica now and that's like, Hey, that's hard rock music. Now it's not, you yeah. know, it doesn't feel like thrash. So you go back and you listen to master puppets. And you're like, well, Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so how do you classify that? And I guess too the other, the other thing that you can kind of parse out of this, out of this list as well, because you're looking at death metal, you're looking at melodic death metal, you're looking at neoclassical death metal, you're looking at symphonic death metal, death core, death, Gothic metal, death, German metal, that's speed metal, death, and all of those different genres, how do you define the band, your band, and how do you put it into a genre? Where, how does that make it fit? You know, because also what this feeds into is like, what do aggregators do when you're looking for a particular? If you like this metal, then you're going to like this metal. So how does that affect the way that you label whatever you're putting into? iTunes, Spotify, anything else, because if you drop it in under a certain thing, if you put it in as 
folk metal, that's going to be down at number 25, versus putting it in at German metal, which would be at 22. You know, what would be a better way to define this? Symphonic metal or power metal? Symphonic metal, and those are the things that I thought were interesting because, like, symphonic metal dropping it down to 19 and power metal going up to, like, 13. Well, to me, I don't hear a fucking difference between the two. So, you know, I'm like, well... So does the label matter and how it aggregates on what you listen to, the if you like button kind of thing? And how often is neoclassical metal the same as symphonic metal? That's what I'm saying. You know, it's a, yeah, it's it, it's a little little nutty. So I'd be interested to kind of, I like I said, I'd be very interested in the raw data that that makes all this. But then, but then, okay, assuming that, assume that they got everything right, they got the right albums and the right bands and the right categories, and for the most part, we agree with it. It's it's to me like surprising that thrash metal is lower on the list than death metal and um that 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 you know obviously like we talked about before new metal and rap metal are like really high up on the list and it, it's really kind of bizarre I mean, to me it kind of goes or i guess we got to talk about alternative metal more when 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 when's yeah. david draymond coming on you know well and, but but i think this is also a a, a matter of uh, of how either bands self-identify or how these things get identified in the system right so I think Pandora had a problem with this, right? Where where they had the the people that were listening to the music and deciding what genre that it would go in or whatever, right? I don't think I don't know that I don't know how that works with Spotify. You know, I don't know if it's like because I'm looking at the example uh, that they put up of progressive metal and they put Queensrÿche. It's like, well, okay, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put them there. No, no, no. It's it's there. not that I wouldn't put them in there, but that's not like the pinnacle example I would think of, right? When I think of progressive metal or industrial metal, Marilyn Manson. That's not who I would think of as the pinnacle example of what that genre means, right? It's just But it might be the one that they put in that subgenre that gets the most listens. But it might be the one that is in that subgenre that gets the most listens. It may not be actually that subgenre, you know what I mean? It, so that's what I'm talking about. It's like how is yeah. that identified? Is that somebody there at Spotify that identifies that way or is it the band that identifies that way? And they got like Audio Slave is funk metal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, what? What? I know that's no. what that's that's what I mean in metalcore like King, kill switch engage is down here in melodic metalcore but it's not metalcore it's like well, wait so so I, I think that's part of the thing that's going to be interesting as this sort of parses itself out uh, and we get some more data as this metadata grows and the pie grows is how do these genres um, how are we identifying stuff. And how does yeah. it, how does it, you know, if we're self-identifying as bands and you create your own genre of metal and you sound just like whatever piece of shit band has come before you, then that's not doing anybody justice, right? You just, you're not going to get aggregated into anything, you know, call yourself metal. Why? Because metal is going to be metal and it's yeah. going to get you in there. Or I don't know. I don't know. I see some ways that you could try to gain the system a little bit to help your band out by using tools like this to identify where people are actually going. And if you game it on Spotify, keep in mind, you might earn an extra dollar (laughs) fifty. Right. Oh oh, now now we're just sad. That's that's no fun for anyone, man. Oh hang on. I want to click on this link though and see what oh damn it, I gotta it's not installed on this computer. I need I need to I I wanna see what the I want to see what all ninety one genres of metal are. 
because like yeah. that's just unbelievable to me. I'm at 25 ish. Okay, I can I can see that. These are pretty good parses up. Well, but, think about man. the map that uh, um, the the history of metal. Uh, oh yeah, guy, yeah, 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 Sam yeah, Dunn Sam made. Dunn. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a true. A lot of stuff. That's true. That is true. When you split it all down and boil it down to every last little bit. The one that surprises me that's not up here, and I don't think, let me just double check to make sure as I don't see Doom Metal. Do I not? No, I do not see <laughs> yeah, Doom that's Metal. That's because nobody's listening to Doom Metal anymore. But, okay. Nobody. You say that, right? But that's like the biggest thing right now, and it has been for no. the past couple of years. Spotify says no. Well, Spotify says no, but uh, is is that real? You know what doom metal fans are doing? They're still trying to find something they can play it on cassette with. You know what I mean? Like, it's, no, they're, they, you put on side A of the album and then Ooh. forget because your fat ass can't get up and flip the damn thing over and put on side B. <laughs> exactly why people moved away from vinyl. In the Auto, rewind. That's, that's Auto, rewind. Metal. Auto rewind. That's doom metal. Auto rewind. Auto rewind works. Yeah. No, but actually, that's a that's a good point, right? So, does that is that influenced by what kind of genre you listen to, uh, whether or not it shows up here? Is this just a sampling of the people that listen to this particular thing? I think it would be interesting if we got some uh, some actual data along with this uh, that pulled out what this demographic looks like. So, give me an idea of if these are males between the age of twelve and thirty five uh, that are predominantly like what are that what does that pie chart break out to? Uh, right. You know, what alternative metal is mainly dominated by uh, dudes that live in Alabama from the age of 25 to 54 and drink a lot of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Or, well, you know, I want to know I want to know like those things and see what that looks like. Because, man. Yeah. But but dude, that nobody kind of 23, awesome. nobody 23 year old years old is listening to audio slave. I don't think anybody's listening to audio slave. Well, I'm, I, I'm totally baffled by that. But. You know, I mean, I, I think that Spotify at this point is has enough penetration worldwide that it's got enough data that it, it's probably pretty close to what actually is happening. I mean, it has no, to. no, and and I and I don't disagree with that at all. I, I'm just curious. It just makes me really curious what the breakout of that is because it's one thing. I, it's I, one I, thing to compile I, numbers that that are this is the number one song versus yet, this is see, the number one song in this group. How interesting this has to be for people in radio, I would think, because that very idea, like, okay, what song, not just what song are we getting calls for, what song actually is the most listened to song in our area? And you can look at Spotify and it'll tell you, and then your radio station plays it. It just reminds me, not to date myself too much, but early internet days, I'm in college and I'm in this class called the Semiotics of Rock and Roll. And there's this girl in the class talking about how uh, she listens to radio. class, really? Yes. Yeah. They, don't ask me what semiotics are. And so the, the, <laughs> this girl's in this class and she's like arguing that, that, um, uh, she listens to radio all the time, but she doesn't like hearing the same songs over and over. She wishes she heard something new. And I was like, I'm calling bullshit. That's bullshit. You would listen to other stuff if you wanted to hear other stuff. The reason radio plays the same songs over and over is because you know what you want to hear are the same songs over and over. So don't even try to act like you're some sort of hip and cool but yeah. somehow have no no access to nothing you don't you want to hear britney spears or whoever the hell it is at that time over and over and over again and i think spotify proves that out but people are listening no, to the same songs no, over no, and over no. again see, see i mean i i sort of disagree with that in 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 some respect 
because yeah, I th- you're a radio guy. Well, no, 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 no. Be, but but I think I think that that analysis is somewhat correct, but somewhat not. Because everybody that talks to you about radio says, "I would I wish you played different music than what you played." But what the data comes out and shows is basically, you are programming to the least com- or the 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 least common denominator. You want you you want this this particular song from Katy Perry. Is going to get played over and over and over again for one you reason. You want to get the lead out at the quarter of every single hour of every single day. Because and that better be preceded by ACDC's Back in Black. The broadest spectrum of your audience is going to be uh, is going to like that particular song. And that's what you're shooting for. You want the broadest group that, that, that has not heard that song yet to hear that particular song. Because that's who's going to be tuning in in any given moment, right? They're just going to be driving by, flipping it on, and there it is. And... And two, it doesn't offend the people who are kind of on the fence about the song or have heard it, you know, 45 minutes to an hour earlier. They're like, well, I still kind of like this song. You haven't pissed them off. It's called burn basically in radio is when you finally get burned out on it. Right. And I think that Spotify, what 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 I don't realize in as a music or an audiophile, somebody likes to listen to a lot of music is how much people uh, that how many people are out there that really listen to the same thing over and over again over and over again that that's all they listen to like I've got my friend who's frozen in time like if it's not Allison Chain's dirt he doesn't listen to it right that's it and and he's never gone past that that's what he likes and if it's something that he likes that's new it sounds like Allison Chain's dirt you know so it's like well, well fuck well, what about all this other stuff well, you know it's uh, it's not what I like it's not what I listen to People don't typically change and vary that much. That group of people is not that huge. Totally. Yeah. And you look at Spotify and that'll prove it out because, you know, how many listens of Brick in the Wall Part 2 are on Spotify where people are choosing to listen to it? It's not even being broadcast to them without their, you know, uh, 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 ability yeah, to, to say change yes it, or no. To, to, to yeah. request it or change it or whatever. And, yeah, and Hundreds of millions of listens to that stupid song. And that's, you know, I guess we just all have to come down to the fact that, that, that people are dumb. Yes. <laughs> is, is that ultimately, oh, ultimately, now, now we're get, just sad. Get, I, I, I mean, they'd get smarter if they signed up on fucking Creative Live, wouldn't they? You know? Well, that's maybe. One way to do it. I mean, you, one you way to do it. learn something about it here and there. I don't know. It's <laughs> just, it, it just seems like, um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different things that you can kind of read into this, and data is so much fun that way because you can read all kinds of fun stuff into data, right? You know, it's yeah. it's when you look at metal share of what what it was aligned to in this one, it was metal share of overall Spotify listening increased 13 percent from 2014 to 2015. So that means that you you had an over 10 percent jump of people listening to this genre specifically, and that's that's the top 91 genres of whatever metal they're listening to so that means metal is growing yes as a whole for sure yeah that's awesome we feel that ourselves i've been talking about that for three years mm, interesting because i'm smart <laughs> yeah you are okay cool so what are the takeaways here keep listening to metal keep uh keep giving your metadata to spotify yeah well (laughs) now we can find out more about you make sure you input your phone number where you live and everything else in there too so that we can figure out what's going on yeah we want to yeah so that way we can market to you better 
and we know what's going on. It's important. But the, what, else, what? Who? How are they different from anybody else? I mean, Absolutely not. They're thing. they're they're not yeah. different than anybody else that's out there than Google or anybody else that's doing anything. And I, and I think this is actually more. This is going to be benef- more beneficial down the road for uh, everybody who likes to listen to music because you're going to get catered to a lot more when you see this uh, stuff, or it's going to be taken advantage of um, in the in the fact that oh. Alternative metal is the biggest one. Now we're going to call everything alternative metal. You know, subtle- I don't care what anybody does when you know when you listen to anything, but I do think you should listen to the new soil work and the new Inaona. That's for damn sure. Uh, good times. So, all right, let's wrap this thing up, dude. All right, cool, yep. cool, cool. I I don't know where to stop anymore because I've been gone for so long. I, I, <laughs> I know you're on a you're on a truck. I was just letting you letting you drive. I don't know, man. You know, I've been on vacation and just talking <laughs> and stuff and things. Hey, make sure you're subscribed to the uh, Metal Sucks podcast. You can find us on iTunes and all that stuff. Just search Metal Sucks podcast. Uh, we are there every Monday and also, uh, of course, on MetalSucks.net every Monday. You can find us Tell on, your friends. on the socials. Uh, I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. So make sure you hook up with us. You can find all kinds of funny things, quips and quotes from Godless and silence for me most of the time. Uh, yeah. maybe, <laughs> I retweeted something sometime every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, as long as it's not another video from Dino, it'll all be fine. <laughs> oh my God! What the hell? Seriously, go back and find that if uh, if you want to see something really interesting. Yeah, no, you nobody. And now that we're <laughs> now that I'm back off vacation, uh, I think we got some. I'm, I'm working on setting up some badass guests, man. We got some good stuff coming down the pipe, dude. Awesome. I'm uh, pretty stoked about it. So, yes, be on the lookout. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. Till next time, I am Chuck. I'm Godless, and this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Mm-hmm.